A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want Salon Perfect Nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. McMannigan, the British Bulldog, is part of the new generation. You may all bow before D. Raymond. Yeah. Here it comes, here comes the Jackknife. On lives the new generation and the World Wrestling Federation. Welcome, everyone, to the Cultaholic Classic Raw Review. As the other Cultaholic lads get braced for a Saudi Arabia elimination chamber, we are here via the Ica Pro-powered DeLorean in a chamber that simply will not eliminate don't know either. Who be we? I be fake Geordie radio presenter with that portfolio, Tom Campbell, with the mulligan to my O'Hare uh, from Coltaholic.com. Jack Atkins, Jackins, Jackins, hello. Hello. How are you? I'm all right. You're very soft spoken today. Yeah. Like well, Bobby Lashley. <laughs> I was uh, I was listening back to our, our last episode, the Survivor Series, <laughs> where, where I'd had about two hours sleep and I was eating an Easter egg, and I just sound absolutely bollocks on it. So <laughs> I'd, I'd apologise, but you know it's mm. free. So <laughs> fuck off, it's free if you're annoyed yeah. by it. I thought you sounded great. I, was, I, I love the fact that half an hour of it is us seeing if we can figure out every WWE champion of all time. That's just the bit where I got up to on my commute this morning. I was like, <laughs> fucking yeah, go for it. Yeah. It's, it, was a, it was a roller coaster that Survivor Series watch along. Christ, it was. It really I, was. I enjoyed listening back to it uh, whilst <laughs> talk, where, the bit where I talked about uh, all the plans I had for my birthday day while sat on the sofa with my leg in the air. <laughs> Good birthday. <laughs> oh, great birthday. Um, did, oh, oh, great night before. By now, you might have heard me talk about this on the Nitro Review and a little bit on the SmackDown Review, but in case you only listen to this, admire, I admire how niche your support is, and thank you. Um, uh, we, uh, we did the Cold Hike Live show on Sunday, and Adam said, Do you fancy a pint? Well, yeah, I'm up for a pint. Why not? It's my birthday tomorrow. I'll have a pint. And uh, we go to this pub around the corner, and there is everybody from work, lovely, and lovely. my good lady. They'd organised a little surprise, little thing, which is sweet. Well, not everybody, because you know you you were greatly missed. Yes, and that's that's all right. That's because that's one, fine. One, I don't like Tom, and two, I'm too cool. I mean, I mean, both perfectly good reasons. <laughs> I, I, I both lies as well. Um, well, I, Alex, Alex pulled it out of the bag, but it was um, very last minute, and we had a table booked in South Shields. Of oh, ah, no, nah, that's that's fine. You know, you know, your loyalty is like that's that's absolutely fine. No, because <laughs> and again, another reason about the oh. about the do about the evening. So, so there are people from work. 
lovely time. Uh, there was there was champagne because we're posh, and then there was beers, and then we went from one pub to another, and then it kind of filtered down to uh, me. What what a triple threat this is! Me, Jack, and Dick Tubbs. Wow, big Dick Tubbs. Us three. That was the final three. The triple the, the final three in the match, and um, we went to a pub which had which a lovely pub, flight of stairs, and uh, I came I, we came to leave. So it was the last drink of the night. All had gone well. I'm a little bit worse for wear, like. Too much, you know, drink responsibly. Yeah. It's the last drink of the night. We're going home. And I just stack it down the stairs <laughs> of this place. I hit the, I hit the ground. Like, like Jack and Tubbs have walked ahead of me and I'm behind them and I've just gone poof, da- down a flight of stairs. And uh, I kind of laugh it off. And Jack's like, are you all right? I said, yeah, I'm fine. Well, I'm fine, no bother. And uh, I went home. Didn't think any more of it because, again, the, the, well, the one thing, the one benefit to, to drinking excessively and that you should never drink to excess Um yeah, straight edge boy here will tell you this. <laughs> um, is is that your body won't tell you when you're in pain, when yeah. you've had too much to drink. So I walked home. I don't know how, compared like considering the next day I woke up in agony. Yeah. Just agony. I'd gone into the spare room um, because Alex was working early. So I thought, I don't want to wake her up with me just like drunkenly staggering into bed. So I went to the spare room and... Uh, as I woke up just in pain and there's blood everywhere. I was like, oh, that's not, that's not normal. And then, yeah, and I just completely obliterated like my kneecap and my leg yeah. and, and my, and there's, there's cuts on my chest somehow and, oh. my, and on my abdomen. And there's, it's like, there's, it feels bruised. I, like there isn't really any bruises per se, but it feels bruised all up here uh, on my on my left arm and all up my left shoulder. Yeah. And uh, and, and I felt I felt bad because like Alex had uh, we she does a wonderful little birthday thing every year where she will start my day bringing me in a a Greg's steak bake with a candle in it. Singing me happy birthday. That's lovely. So I start every birthday, and I always take a picture of it, and I go, ah, oh, lovely. But I think because I was quite hungover and in a lot of pain, I just blew the candle out, and she's going, are you all right? There's blood everywhere. I'm going, I'm fine. I'm just eating this thing quite sad. She didn't even take a picture. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, you're you going to be okay today. What are you going to do? I don't think I'm... I'm I'd am i like to go out. I might go out into town, and as, as I was getting out of bed... No, no, I'm no, I'm not. I've walked to the other end of the of, of the home. I'm like, nah, this is pain. Oh shit! <laughs> I don't think I'm doing anything today. So and I, and I did nothing. I watched OSW review, and uh, and and did I even? I didn't get any food. I think I just drank water. Just felt very sorry for myself on my birthday. But the day before, it was very magical. <laughs> Alex had planned for the day itself um, a, a surprise in the evening. A little surprise thing in the evening and so, so I was told be ready for six o'clock mm. and I was banged up I was like you know Alex has gone to some trouble I'll, I'll, I'll have a bath I'll clean up I'll take some pain medication and we'll be fine and Alex came home and she just said I just feel really under the weather today it's not COVID luckily she's fine she said I just feel really rotten today I don't know what it is and I said look like this thing you've got planned like is it movable and she went yeah but it's your birthday so we're not going to move it I said well look you're not well I'm knackered. <laughs> Shall we just draw a line under today? Let's do it tomorrow. Yeah. So we're, at time recording, we're doing it tonight. Mm. By now, in time you've heard it, it's happened, and I'm sure it was lovely. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that was my birthday. <laughs> we just we instead ordered uh, Turtle Bay and watched Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, fucking I. It's a good birthday. Yeah. It was a good birthday. <laughs> I cannot complain. I had a lovely time. See, the, the, the question I have is, what would have been worse, waking up with blood in the bed or shit? <laughs> <laughs> 
because mean... we're, we're that age now. <laughs> that, I mean, both, both terrifying. It was a good time. I'm 38 now. That's all right. I just, yeah. It is all right, isn't it? Yeah. It is all right. Uh, cultaholicshop.com. Um, where's the pain in business? The pain is you're running out of socks. For uh, for quiet nights of onanism, uh, Blart socks will sort that for you. Surprise yeah. your friends, amuse your enemies. Uh, Blart socks from coldholicshop.com, along with uh, Ross and Andrew wrestling buddies available now. Well, we, we say it's Andrew, but you know it does. Now this is the great thing: is it kind of doubles as a a Jackins as well. And if you colour in the glasses and give it a little fringe, it's Dick Tubbs as well. So it's <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, Dick, it's Richard Tubbs too. One, three in one. Look at that. You get all the figures sorted. We don't want to do them out of you of making the, the Jackins figure eventually. So oh, yeah. I think but they'd be an, it'd be an easy one to do, just just a, just a redesign. If if you were a SmackDown, if you were a No Mercy player, yeah. you would just be like, you and Andrew would just be different skins. Yeah. Different, <laughs> you press right C to get to Jackins and Andrew. I, I did that um, the other month. I booted up. I think it was No Mercy before it fucking wiped again because No, oh. no Mercy's not the best N64 game. It, it, it is WCW Revenge and that is not <laughs> But I think it was No Mercy and I was like, I'm going to make uh, Matt and Nick Jackson. I thought, well, no point making two slots. I'll just make him crash, uh, costume yeah. one, two, three, four. Jobs are good. Covers all your bases. I like the fact that No Mercy's so lo-fi that it, it doesn't carry the the anxiety-riddled stress of creating a character in, like, 2K19. Yeah. Like, I couldn't do it. I've tried, and I've just gone, nah, I'll just let other people make it. Exactly, and that's that's what I always liked, was, you know, making people see, and if you could tweak it, and because everyone's on the same playing field, you're just like, yeah, that looks like Ketakabashi punching meat in the face <laughs> on WrestleMania 2000. <laughs> yeah, of course. It certainly is now. <laughs> yeah, well, now it looks like, you know... Oh, Seth Rollins versus a child's drawing. It's like, <laughs> yeah. A child's memory of Seth Rollins. But uh, yeah, so we are here to go back in time to when we were children. <laughs> yeah, we are, yeah. There's a reason why we're here, aren't we? About that. We do Every forget. Week, yeah. We do forget sometimes. That's why we're here. Uh, we're going back to Monday Night Raw from November the 30th, 1995. It is the night after Survivor Series 95. Very much, as as we said during the, the watch along, the bit where we weren't just going through all the reigns of WWE champions. Um, it feels kind of like the new generation era is coming to an end. Oh, yeah, very much it so. It really does yeah. feel like the end the end of an era. old. And, yeah. and like I said the other week, I, there's a bit of sadness that comes with that. A little bit of sadness. There is. I mean, I've only tasted just the, the very end of the new gen era. But... I have sucked on the teat. Yes. For a year. Just, just, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, and a, and a good friend left the table because they were so unhappy with the, uh, <laughs> with the, co- with the quality. Justin Henry. He's not dead. He's just, no, just no. doesn't do the podcast anymore. You know, he's got sense. He was just yeah. like, I don't want to do any more Bob Spark Blood fucking Holly matches. <laughs> we might, be, might not be doing them for much longer. But more on that in a little bit. Uh, so we are going to be looking at Monday Night Raw the night after Survivor Series 1995. Uh, in a moment, Jackins is going to tell us what's happening in the wrestling world in this particular week. In the real world. Number one in the UK charts, Robson and Jerome still smashing it mm. with, I believe, Slash up on the roof. God. Uh, Mariah Carey still smashing it in the US charts 
with fantasy. This is the last week of that song being number one. Mm. The streak ends next week. Oh, shit. Find out who takes the title soon. Brock Lesnar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's always Lesnar, isn't it? It's always fucking Lesnar. Uh, to Wong Fu, thanks for everything. Julie Newmar, number one in the UK box office. Okay. That is now on Amazon Video, should you wish to see it. It's been a long time since I watched that. I think it was on BBC Two late at night. Mm. I can't really remember just, much just, about just it. Just popped up once. Yeah, I feel yeah. like I, I think Patrick Swayze's in it. It's Swayze. Yes, uh, is it Wesley Snipes and John Leguizamo? I think that's, that's the, a heck of a, a line. Triple header. Yeah, that is a real triple header. Yeah. Uh, and number one in the US box office. Um, a brand new number one in the US box office. It's Golden Eye. Golden Eye. I am Tina Turner. Uh, it has broken clear and present danger's record for the highest weekend debut for a spy film. Mm. Over $20 million grossed by Pierce Brosnan's first outing as 007. Well, I mean, what a great time. What a mm. great time. And it was spawned one of the best N64 games ever. Have you tried playing it since, though? No. It's. Because obviously the FPS genre just blew up completely in the 2000s. Going back to Goldeneye feels very rudimentary, but it feels, it's not like going back to like Doom or Duke Nukem where you're just like, oh yeah, sound. Because you remember, like how that looks is how you remember it looking. Going back to Goldeneye, it's like being like, oh, okay, this mm. this didn't look like this. Dr. Doke hasn't even got a face. What's going on? <laughs> um, still... Doesn't age particularly well no, then. But leave the memories alone. Mm, absolutely. In the video game world though, this week, Donkey Kong Country 2, Diddy's Conquest comes out. There we go. So we talked about this last week, and it was a it was rare putting together it was a younger rare team than the ones that put together Donkey Kong Country 1. And they just came in with wild and wacky ideas, like doing a Donkey Kong Country game without Donkey Kong in. Madness. Like, well, you were sure about that? And they did, and it was brilliant. Yeah. And uh, it, it improves on Donkey Kong Country in pretty much every single facet. Better graphics, better sound, a much richer, deeper gameplay. Yeah. One that doesn't feel like you're overwhelmed by it, but one that you can enjoy nipping back to levels and completing a little bit more of. Oh, I love Diddy's Conquest. Is this, it's such a fun game. Is this the one where King K rules a pirate rather yes. than a king? Yeah, yeah. it's a very swashbuckly adventure yeah. in this particular one. Um, but it's great fun. And it's where I discovered that Cranky Kong, in the Donkey Kong uh, canon, is the original Donkey yeah. Kong from the NES games. I was like, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. What a great callback. Cranky Kong is the first Donkey Kong. And then Donkey Kong Jr. is the Donkey Kong in the SNES games. Yeah. I like to think someone's listening today, and that has made their head erupt. So and you're welcome. Let's not forget the best Kong of all. Oh, go on. Funky Kong. <laughs> shagger. He, <laughs> he is a shagger. <laughs> he got quite a run out in the Donkey Kong animated series. I've never seen it. Oh, mate, it's something special. Never Matthew and it. I uh, will quite often have evenings that will descend into discussing th how the... the 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 bizarreness yeah. that was the Donkey Kong Country animated series, where they went, we're going to use revolutionary CGI 3D technology to create this cartoon. Like no one, no other cartoon's going to look like this. It's going to feature a Nintendo IP. We'll make it musical. Um, okay, <laughs> so like, there's two or three songs in each episode, which, which tell the story. They go, which made it musical. 
okay, then cool. I mean, it, the, and and some of the songs are quite iconic, and they've since been re like remastered by fans of the series, and 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 animation's been sweetened up and stuff like that. It's very cool. Is this why like Donkey Kong sixty four starts with the DK rap and stuff? Is it kind of like not it, well? From I, that, I, I I I guess it must come from that, but again, like a diff, it's a different style of of music like the dk rap is like it's rap music but yeah. donkey on country it's kind of very like poppy soulful music what like the whiz starring donkey kong yeah, yeah. kind of like the whiz <laughs> i watched i don't know how big an always sunny fan you are i have yeah I, I do like it's been a few years since i watched it but i've watched a good chunk of it like because i only started watching it like about two weeks ago oh, it, it kept coming up on like the thing one day alex and i we had the whole saturday to ourselves and we were stuck at home so i said look let's just do that shuffle thing and i always sunny areas one episode one started and i went do you know what i keep seeing this people talk let's just see what the crack is and we watched it for 11 hours. <laughs> and we just, every night now, we'll just dip in and watch a few more to get us up to speed. And we are up to the episode where they do their version of The Wiz. Oh, Christ. Yeah. It's, um, I, I just love how they, there is no, there's no real form or, or concern for a lot of structure. No. Like they don't worry about having to tie the episode up at the end. No, not at all. They just, they, some episodes just end. And I love it. I love that it's not bound by anything. And some episodes, like, there's a musical episode randomly. There's one episode where it just follows Charlie f- for, like, a 30-minute Char- spell. Is Charlie's Charlie work. work. Charlie Charlie's work. work. Yeah. Oh, my God, that's great. Yeah. It was about five minutes in before I realized this is one camera shot. Yeah. And it's just, this is, oh, my God. The, I love this. The episode, which is just them doing their own uh, Lethal Weapon movie. <laughs> Go suck an egg. <laughs> it's just great. All like it's and and Danny DeVito <laughs> is is a revelation. It's <laughs> there's there's one bit like it's like for all the the ridiculous. I will talk about Raw in a minute. Yeah. Um, there's one bit. There's one bit in one episode, and it's not even like a big piece, but it had me on the floor laughing, and I just it must have just caught me at the right time, and it was the one where they were running a singles bar. And they were, and and you could go on and rate people, like rate, like score them. And there's just one bit in that where Danny is 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 in the office, like Frank's in the office with Charlie and with um with Mac, and they're talking through strategies of what to talk about with women, and and it's just awful. It all sounds <laughs> terrible. And Frank goes, "Look, we'll tell you what, we'll I'll, I'll have this whistle. If it's going wrong, I'll blow it. We'll get away. Let's just keep it simple. We'll just start by telling them our names." And he just walks out and goes, "Hi, I'm Frack." <laughs> Shit! That was, I don't know why. It just creased me. It's just Danny DeVito is just a star. He's so oh my god. He's always been a star, but it was. I didn't realize how big a career renaissance. Oh god! Always sunny was for Danny DeVito. It's the fact that he just doesn't give us a flying fuck, and everyone's like, "Yeah, Danny DeVito." And there's just there's just one series, and it's unexplained. But in every single episode, there's a bit where Danny DeVito just pulls out a gun. <laughs> They were just find a way to go, well, I've got to be peace with me. <laughs> or, like the, or like the episode where he's got sausages in his pocket. <laughs> and he's just, and in the background, you just see him like like trying to lean into his pocket and eat them. And again, like, just, just there. No, not a massive sequitur, just that it exists. It's a show that rewards you for paying attention. Yeah, and, yeah. and I'm all for it. I'm kind of sad that we're so close to being caught up to speed. Now, I think we're up to season, end of season 12. And I know season 15 comes out this week. Okay. 
So we're nearly up to speed. I, th- I think I stopped watching about 11 or 12. Oh, did you? Just because life got in the way kind yeah. of thing. So it was just like, it wasn't that. I was just like, oh, this is poo now. Like I have been with like other shows. I was just like, oh, it's, I know it's there. When I've got the time to jump back in, but it continues to be great. Yeah. It really does. Princess Diana. Nice <laughs> um, <laughs> gear change. Princess Diana admitted this week in the in the news uh, that she cheated on Prince Charles. Mm. There was a TV interview, a famous TV interview, where she revealed uh, that she'd been uh, playing away from Charles, and uh, the country was there was there was the royalists in the country that were like, ah, she's a terrible human, blah, blah. but then there was this uh, this overwhelming majority was like, she's our princess, she's she's one of us. Yeah, good for you getting in there and s- fixing the system. And she just become iconic. It weirdly, like she'd become iconic already, but something like this would just enhance her strangely. Yeah. Um, bit of royal scandal from this year in the UK. Uh, <laughs> we hope we always love a bit of royal scandal. Oh, we love it. We love it, a oh, royal yeah. scandal. Uh, over to you for the ratings. But the quick, oh, sorry, the ratings, the, the wrestling news. I'll give you the ratings before we get there, though. Yeah. Last week, Raw did 2.6. Yeah. Nitro, 2.0. Oh. Big win for Raw last week. For a go-home as well. For a, for a pre-taped go-home. Yeah. And, and, and that's what you have to remember with so many of these episodes, is that they are... There are so many of them are pre-taped still because they WWE have said we don't have the money to go live every week. Yeah, so we won't. So we'll just have to do what we can with what we do. And it's funny how some of these. It's almost as if they're just. It's just a better show. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Well, you're the one who's watching both of them. How how is Nitro at this point? More the, more often than not, I think the one we did, the last one that we did, um, just it's all very sort of slapdash. Yeah. A lot of it is. A lot of it's very hurried. Um, and they'll have segments and they'll build to segments that don't really do anything. Whereas Raw, you just get you get more of what you're promised. Yeah. And even though what you promised might not be something you're massively into, you do get more of what you're promised. Because it's weird reading it because you see like undercard matches on Raw and it'll be like, oh, here's, you know, Bob Holly versus Hakushi. Which actually, actually, that sounds all right. Sounds right. <laughs> but you'll see Nitro, and like you said, Slapdash, but one of the matches might be, oh, here's Eddie Guerrero versus Brian Pillman. And yeah. Like, oh. Well, the one that we're doing, because um, we're a few weeks behind on Nitro, but the one that we're doing, uh, which you'll hear on Thursday, it is uh, one of the matches just thrown in the middle is Chris Benoit versus Eddie Guerrero. Oh, of course, yeah. Just, you know, with with uh, a, a New Japan contingent watching ringside, one of those being Jushin Liger. And it's just like, and while the commentators are going, well, Hulk Hogan is... Uh, <laughs> like, Shut up! Talk about this! This so, is better! Where, where, where are you building up to? Is this the year where Starcade's New Japan versus WCW? Yes, we're, yeah. we're not there yet. We're, we've got World War Three to come next. Oh, Christ. Which I know WWF is concerned about. Yeah. Because they're like, it's like a big Royal Rumble. They're well, doing it's six, it's 60 men for Don't like it. But what is happening in the wrestling world, Jack Atkins, Jack Well, Atkins? before we get started with that, though, I wanted to point out a, a weird bit of serendipity. Ooh. So today is the day after Tom Campbell's birthday. It is. And the episode of Raw we're watching, Monday, November 20th, 1995 was the day before my birthday. Oh, no way. Uh, November 21st, boy. So oh. when I was looking at this this morning, I was like, that's a nice little... That's nice, that. Yeah. A little bit of serine dip D. Yeah. That's <laughs> how you pronounce it. Has Vince McMahon been perverting the course of justice, though? <laughs> of course he has. Right. Spoiler. <laughs> Next question. So from uh, Ravy Dave, the Observer <laughs> Newsletter, dated November 27th. The main story is something I had never heard before. 
And uh, apparently the New York Post had reported that federal prosecutors were investigating whether there was witness tampering and obstructed justice in the steroid trial. Oh, gosh. Yeah. The U.S. Justice Department's Brooklyn office is reported as investigating television producer Marty Bergman and his wife, Laura Brevetti, who was the lead defense attorney in McMahon's trial. Uh, on the allegation that Bergman offered a key witness in the trial between two hundred and fifty and four hundred thousand dollars, according to government documents, um, and I, I looked through it, and it was lots of you know this and that, and because it was based on a report of a report kind of thing. Yeah, and I thought this is going to play out in the coming weeks, but I had a look online anyway, uh, and David Bixenspan on Twitter has a big thread that covers the whole of affair in more detail if you're interested. Obviously, At David Bix on Twitter. He's a, he's a good guy to follow, his Bix. Yeah, he's very good. But if you just Google Marty Bergman, David Bixen span, it should be the first first link. We'll get some more snippets as this unfolds over the next few weeks. But it's, yeah, I, I'd never heard of this. No, I hadn't no. heard of this either. No. I mean, it, it, I do wonder how on a, in a company that was so clearly... Uh, full of steroids. Yeah. They weren't done for steroid abuse. <laughs> and it was just like how 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 suddenly the roster was shrinking before our very eyes yeah. during like whilst they were going, nothing's changed. We've never done anything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This the, the Ultimate Warrior's always been a small guy. He's not been killed and replaced like people think. See this he's <laughs> just always been that small, you weirdo. But this is why like the MLW thing that's happened recently where Major League Wrestling uh, wanted to sue WWE for unfair monopolization yeah. rules. And I think I mentioned this in the podcast last week, but it's like they're doing that. And at the same time, WWE are going, nah, this, these claims are false. And in unrelated news, the Impact Knockouts champion will be in the Royal Rumble. Like, that's <sighs> never happened before. Like, and I love that it's happened. And I hope Mickey James made bank. And I'm sure she did. I got goosebumps seeing, listening to Hardcore Country and seeing the Impact Knockouts title in the Rumble. Yeah. One of the highlights of what was, let's all be honest, a bit of a shit Rumble this year. Um, but I loved seeing that. But but the back of my head, I feel like there's... Uh, I, I hadn't even that's a cottoned bit of a on to the fact that it could have been a, a, you know, a way to bury bad news. Mm. I'd oh. like to think that's not the case. No. But there's a big part of me that thinks it might be the case. I mean... Yeah, as as we'll see in this episode, they're not the squeakiest of clean companies. WWF, no, especially not. But they're that. a family business. But more on that later. <laughs> um, as we saw at Survivor Series, which we watched so closely and attentively. <laughs> And I wasn't having some kind of, like, fever dream on the couch. You were just very sleepy, bless you. Yeah, yeah. You were fine, though. You were, you know, I, was, I, I think we still put out a podcast better than better than some presenters would, very awake. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that kind of monster, Jesus Christ, went right through me. Your worst day is better than someone else's best day. Yeah, you hear that, someone else? Not saying that, that was your worst day, by the way. Fuck I, thought, I thought you were... <laughs> That wasn't your worst day, by the way. I thought, were, I, thought, I thought you were class as always, but you know, you told me that you were very tired. I'll, uh, I'll give you that ten pounds later. Thanks, mate. Appreciate. So yeah, so we saw a Survivor Series that uh, Mr. Perfect's back, and his commentary was shite. Oh, it was awful. Uh, but apparently, it appeared from television the next night that Perfect's role, at least to this point, will be doing the heel commentary on superstars, leaving Jerry Lawler only for Raw. I mean, cool. I mean, if you want to, I don't know whether they want to try perfect in a more permanent role as a commentator. So maybe putting him on superstars for now yeah. and keeping him away from Raw. I guess with superstars, you can edit it better. Is he with 
I, I should have looked this up. Really, is, was it Jim Ross Hellman superstar? Jim Ross. So if you're gonna if you're gonna learn off someone, yeah, and you with yeah, if you sat with Jr. as well, yeah. I think Sweet Stan Lane has come and gone now. Oh god, <laughs> that was he was there as an example of somebody who was hired because they looked lovely in a suit. Yeah. And, I, and I realized there's a there's a, a lot of a lot of wrestling, a lot of WWE hirings that come because do they look good in a suit? Do yeah. they look? Would they stand out in an airport? That sort of thing. You know, I always feel like that's like I why I was always bypassed. For stuff, because I don't think I look that good in a suit. Not not <laughs> not aesthetically pleasing enough in a suit. Well, considering I always dress like I'm 14 years old, whenever, <laughs> whenever I wear a suit, it looks like I'm on my way to court. So. <laughs> oh, what crime did you do? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're about to tell me then. Wait until at least at least wait. Per- perjury, perjury. Yeah. <laughs> so that's better than what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, also at Survivor Series, but we didn't see this, kids. Uh, ECW's The Public Enemy had a dark match against the Smoking Guns. That they did. And in previous weeks on the podcast, we'd noted that they were um and R and WWF are making a play for him, WCW making a play for him. I think the other week, some in the WWF locker room said, yeah, we've got no money and there's no house shows, so you might as well not come here. If they were still running like B shows and C shows, then they would have maybe brought them in. Yeah. But because they're not. Yeah. So uh, not. from Dave, from, from what he was told, uh, Public Enemy was still strongly leaning towards WCW and the final decision should be made this week. Paul Heyman was still trying to keep him with ECW, but was involved with putting the deal together for them to work the WWF show. But even Heyman was like, oh, he didn't believe they were going to WWF. They would either go to WCW or stay with ECW. Although on ECW TV, they were winding down, uh, you know, did a few jobs. The crowd knew they were going, so... We'll we'll see them on Nitro soon, I imagine. Yeah, we're not. We yeah, I I think it's just a couple of weeks, and then uh, stick Sam and I on, and you'll you'll hear us talking about them. Yeah, but the first the, the first major tag team jump <laughs> in the in the in the Monday Night War of Public Enemy, and you know on on the classic uh, ECW Hardcore TV review that you do <laughs> with Justin Henry, <laughs> uh, Sabu, Sabu's back this week because obviously he had a very frayed relationship with Paul Heyman. He just basically one day just. Sabu Sabu. Mm-hmm. One day he'd be in ECW, the other day he'd be appearing in New Japan and he'd be like, ah, oh, nah, fuck it, I don't care, they're paying me more money. Uh, he was working some matches for WCW, I know he had a match against... Yeah, him. so they, um, so we'll, we'll we'll dig into this on the, the Nitro review as well, uh, with a few other bits and pieces, but they, were, he, his time in WCW was about to come to an end, yeah. or had already come to an end behind the scenes, because they just, like, he wasn't happy because he feel, felt like he should be working higher up the card. Yeah. They weren't happy because because he was constantly going off piste yeah. and, and doing, like, obviously they always went into table bits, but he was fighting apparently too much outside the ring. Yeah. And a I show mean, that is so, like, that, that is so rushed, like Nitro, the amount of times where Sabu's been doing some stuff on the outside of the ring and they cut back to the commentators and you just hear the carnage, but you don't <laughs> see it because they're like, we're going to get to the next Hulk Hogan segment. And it's like... But I get why he was annoyed. I, I do like that element of wrestling because it makes it feel like a living, breathing organism. Yeah. It, oh, not every week. No, nah, Nitro does feel like it's just carnage happening as it happens. Like, it's like raw and, like, un, for lack of a better term, it feels more raw than raw yeah. does. Uh, not always 
the best thing though. But the, the tidbit I got with this is Sabu's back with ECW, but WCW apparently at this time allowed wrestlers to work indies, but not to work with enemies, WWF, ECW, or Smoky Mountain. Yeah, because Smoky Mountain is uh, is WWF's feeder group. Yeah. So, of course, they're not going to work there. They'd be furious if they did. Apparently, around this time, like you're saying, Sabu was a bit pissed off. WCW pissed off. Eric Bischoff wouldn't take Sabu's calls. So, Sabu called the WCW hotline. <laughs> and on there, he found out he was fired. Oh, my God. Um, basically. And then it gets more complicated. It'll involve the WWF, NWA. It'll involve Hakushi. And as I've got here, and many other cunts. <laughs> so <laughs> Sabu's just do whatever he wants, really. Blimey, that's hilarious. Uh, there's only two more, like, little bits. These are not really news, but just interesting. So... In this week, New Japan had announced most of the lineup for the historic January 4th show at the Tokyo Dome, the biggest mm. New Japan show in, you know, of the year. But what may be a harbinger of bad news for American wrestlers, there were nine matches announced and there was no foreign wrestlers booked at all. And I looked oh. back and at Wrestling World 1996, the only gaijin would be Vader which just shows that the business is in the shit, that they're just like, no, no, none of, there's no real American stars, so we'll just kind of, we'll just kind of have Vader, mm. we'll do a bit of WCW, but no one will really care, so yeah, fuck off kind of thing. But also in Japan, this made me go, fuck it hell, and I told Aiden, just a random six man in all Japan, Mitsuharu Masawa, Kenta Kabashi, and Jun Akiyama, defeated Stan Hansen, Gary Albright, and Rob Van Dam. What? That sounds mint. That sounds like an amazing <laughs> night. That yeah. sounds brilliant. I was just flicking through. It's like, hang on, that sounds class. Yeah. So I'm going to have to try and find that one. Oh, that sounds great fun. And we uh, we bookend this with something which will, you know, play out in the next few weeks. Mm. At the November 17th ECW show, Shane Douglas was backstage. Oh, and we had said on Survivor Series we thought that might be the last, the last yeah. run of the game. Um, writing in this Observer, Dave Meltzer saying he believes the next in your house will be his last WWF bout, and indeed he will be gone January first. Yeah, because there's um, there's a few bits that come from this set of tapings that is kind of sets up Dean Douglas's last mm. bit of WWF work before he is away. Um, but yeah, so we, um, I don't know whether you spotted this as well. Um, there's uh, within the stuff of, there was some stuff about the click from the observer this week. Yes. I've, and have you got that for later on? I've got that for later on. Real. So we'll leave that and we'll come to that in a little bit. Just want to make sure that you, you've got it. We're good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> so here we are for Monday Night Raw in Richmond, Virginia. We are at the Richmond Coliseum. Uh, this was kind of a home for WWF and WWE shows up from now up until like 2018. Yeah. Like they do Raws and Smackdowns from here on the annual almost. It, it, well, just as soon as it opens, I was looking at it, I was like, that looks like a decent building. The other mm. ones have looked a bit like, you know, empty local hockey arenas and just a bit empty and soulless. Armories. Yeah, and... this has actually got like tiered seating. And I was like, right, this looks like raw. Let's fucking go. And it looked big, didn't it? Yeah. We'll, we'll be here for uh, In Your House, Cold Day in Hell in 1997. Okay. Uh, for Armageddon in 2006 and Backlash in 2016. Oh, so they, they are residents of pretty much of this, of the Richmond Coliseum in Richmond, Virginia. Mm. Um, this is a tape. This is a live show and a tape show. And what they have decided to do is tape next week's Raw first. Okay. So, again, that must be... that. I, I guess it's for a multitude of reasons. 
to keep maybe people giving the results guessing as yeah. to like what's going on where and where and how i think also to not pagger the audience yeah by if you're going to do a tape show after a live show the audience are going to be knackered i mean they tried the other month doing it so they had like half of a half of a tape show then a live show and then the other half of the tape show yeah. um, but this time they've just gone we're going to tape i think they pretty much tape all of raw for one week before Raw this week. Well, and if there's a couple of dark matches at the end, yeah, send the fans home happy. Well, I saw a dark match beforehand that uh, Matt Hardy beat Jason Arndt. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, what, I, I don't know whether this would be maybe they, they're looking at using Matt Hardy more. Yeah. Potentially giving Jason Arndt a run out by that because Matt Hardy's getting the W. Yeah. They might be thinking, okay, because he's been doing some stuff on Raws for a while. And uh, he's a, he is a talent and we'll see whether he does anything. Um, <laughs> Who knows? But what you were saying about this this live episode we're going to watch being kind of second in the tapings. That's surprising because I thought the crowd did sound pretty up for it. So I assumed mm. it was just like open and show, but it mm. seems like it was a, a good audience and they must be if they keep coming back till 2018. Yeah, they're obviously a lively lot of Richmond. Yeah. Uh, we start off with a recap from Survivor Series. Vince McMahon calling the Diesel Heart match the greatest WWF championship match of all time. What do you reckon? Um, hyperbole? A little bit hyperbolic. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. It was good. It was, it was good. It was good. Yeah. Uh, we get stills of the match and then post the post down beat down by Diesel is 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 very much uh, the, the the conversation piece here, which we'll leave until later on. Uh, more highlights from Survivor Series once we get underway, focusing on the antics of now naughty one, two, three kid. Uh, and he's facing Harkushi in our opening match. Kids out there with Ted DiBiase. Thought they might have given kids some new music. I've, Still feels very baby face-ish. Yeah, I've just put, I wish he would have had, you know, changed his look up a bit. Yeah. He's just still the one, two, three kid apart from now he's frowning. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. pretty much all he, yeah, that's it. You could have given him darker ring attire, maybe. Bit of gold in there. Bit of gold in there. Yeah. Um, Giving him Ted DiBiase's theme. Yeah. I feel like they did that with Tatanka, didn't they? They gave him the, yeah. the, the, the he had like the, the yee, 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 yee at the start. And then it went into money, money, money. Yeah. You could have had one, two, three. Money, 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 money. Yeah, because especially considering, like you said, one, two, three kids starts with one, two, three, and then piped in cheers. Yeah. So you'd cheer along with that, surely. You would think to cheer along with it, but they don't. Um, Crowd are chanting Razor before the first lockup, and Razor Ramon is live on the phone with Vince and Lawler. Um, they they keep this relatively short and sweet. A few times they've tried this phone gimmick, and it just it burns them. It doesn't really yeah. scan as well. But like it was just a couple of short lines, and it was fine. Um, Ramon says Kid was like his little brother, but he's moving on, and he says, "quote I ain't no crybaby," and I'm emphasizing that with future knowledge. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Jackins yeah. has it highlighted pen on his notes put it's coming isn't it yeah. um, if you don't know then we won't burden you with knowledge on that particular one you'll find out as we do uh, it's an alarming throw forward of things to come Marty Janetti attempts a run-in on Kid, but gets pulled away by officials to stop the run-in. Normally, in a wrestling match, somebody runs in, that's it, get in there, DQ. <laughs> this time, they stopped him. Which is interesting, but, you know, it's just another long list in the Marty Janetti chronicles. <laughs> it's like, oh my, he can't even run in. <laughs> He's not allowed to get a run-in, I'm afraid. <laughs> 
This is a great match between Harkushi and Kid. Uh, the end comes with DiBiase going for... Oh, so end comes when Harkushi goes for a dive to the outside. Not DiBiase, thankfully. Oh. Harkushi goes for a dive onto Kid on the outside of the ring. DiBiase throws him off the top, pushes him off the top rope and back into the ring. And Harkushi is prey for the spinning heel kick from 1-2-3 Kid for the 1-2-3. Post-match, Ted's having a chat uh, ringside with Vince, crowing about how proud he is of one, two, three kids' performance. They taught Marty Janetti some more. Janetti walks out trying to get a piece of the kid, but Sid steps in front and batters Janetti, saying, if you want a piece of the kid, you've got to go through me. Yeah. So, so Kid's got himself some beefy backup in Sid at this point. What do we think of the opening match? It's a good opener. It's I good mean, opener, isn't it? Hakushi versus Sean Waltman's going to be good. But, like, what I've got here is, like, obviously this was setting up the kid. It, you know, no one believed Hakushi was going to win. Mm. But the post-match was effective. Fucking Sid gave Marty Jannetty a powerball onto the floor. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I assume, I've not looked forward to the tapings or a later episode of Raw, I assume this is setting up a tag match. Mm. Um, well, Kid Vicious versus Janetti uh, well, and I think it will. But I know that I know that the, before this show started, little little ahead up for next week, we get Janetti versus Sid. Oh, okay. So there's so we may get a few more steps before we get there, but we're certainly this yeah. sets up a match that has already been taped for next week, which is Sid versus Janetti. But I mean, uh, we we've been saying when Janetti had been wrestling is like Janetti's a good worker you know obviously oh, yeah. the, the, the kind of joke that his career kind of became often overshadows that and we were kind of waiting for him to do something meaningful and rather than him coming out of all the tassels he's just here in black jeans a black leather jacket and a black t-shirt looking to kick someone's head in I quite liked it yeah it's pretty good a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's a good look. It was pretty good. Good look for him. We cut to Doc Hendricks in the Slam Jam Center in a lovely blue jumper and coked off his bin. <laughs> I've, I, yeah, I've got this as well. Got <laughs> coked off his bin. Well, it, he's Doc, very lively and very sweaty. He said last night he couldn't sleep, and I've put <laughs> it's probably all the cocaine and wanking. But it's all it's all the wanking <laughs> and cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he bigs up how brilliant Survivor Series was he says we don't have to wait long for another pay-per-view December 17th in your house from Hershey Park Pennsylvania main event is going to be Bret Hart versus British Bulldog for the WWF Championship yep, yep. we're getting our boy in a big program <laughs> hey Hartman 
Brett, Brett, man. Oh, yo, tat. Oh, yo, yo, buggy. <laughs> yo, bastard. I'll, I'll, I'll pubble you. Remember SummerSlam? They do, <laughs> they do throw back to SummerSlam 92, Bulldog pinning Brett in the main event. And then we get a Bulldog promo. Yes, we fucking do. With one long run-on sentence. And, and shaky cam as well. 90 shaky cam. <laughs> I like Brett. I like the idea of Vince directing Bulldog here and going like, "You can't flex your muscles enough." <laughs> like, because that was was that not one of the instructions Vince gave to Diesel when he was a bodyguard, which is like, "Keep rubbing your hands. You can't rub your hands enough with the glove." Yeah, yeah, like yeah. keep doing that. And like, I'm sure like with Bulldog, it was just like, "Just keep showing your muscles, pal." Um, in one long run-on sentence, Bulldog uh, tells us uh, he's gonna. He, that was it. He says. I beat you at SummerSlam, and I'm coming to Hershey Park, the scumhole of the earth, to take the WWF title. Big kick in for Hershey Park, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Very harsh. Uh, Bulldog gets us hyped. We go back to Hendrix, who announces we're also getting Hunter Hearst Helmsley versus Henry Godwin in a hog pen match on the mm. pay-per-view. Um, as he's hyping up this match, Big Daddy Cool Diesel arrives in the building. And again, this is WWF do this like because even they do stuff like this on the tape shows, and they are also sort of seeing what WCW is doing and trying to present a product which nobody wants to switch off from. Yeah, I can imagine people would have probably tuned out during Doc talking. Yeah, so dropping in something like this, going, "Oh wait, oh wait, Diesel's arriving! Oh god, let's let's get to that in just a second. Let's quickly rattle through this. Like it's enough to keep people there." There's some bad acting from Doc Hendricks, though. Oh, he's what? dreadful. <laughs> Diesel's here. Oh, di- oh, oh. Diesel's here. He's not got an earpiece around the face. We can't hear someone behind the camera going, Doc, Diesel's here. <laughs> so, Just the yeah. voices in his head, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Just keeping course, him warm yeah. at night. Uh, they push WWF in your house as a bargain, which is what these in your house shows are all about. Like, they're shorter shows and they're cheaper. And, and this is WWF trying a new method of what will become known as premium live event yeah. <laughs> uh, by just offering like pay-per-views every month but doing them cheaper yeah. which is uh, it makes sense I mean it'll, it'll change the uh, it'll change the state of play for wrestling in general yeah because WCW will, will kick theirs up a notch to, to keep up with the Joneses because WCW I think WCW ramped theirs up to like 10 and then yeah. WWF went we'll do one every month and then WCW will eventually go alright we'll do one every month too yeah and then monthly pay-per-views are here. I, I, like, I like the way AEW have gone, where they're just kind of like, and I think NXT should follow this, mm-hmm. um, where they're just like, right, we've got four pay-per-views a year, but at least once a month we'll get a big edition of Dynamite. I think NXT should do that. Like mm-hmm. like they have a couple of times with the New Year's Evil and the Halloween Havoc. Yeah. Give, give people a reason to tune in. I like that style. I do. Like it just, it makes, it makes the TV feel special and yeah. then it makes, when they're on pay-per-view feel even more special. I'm down for that. Uh, up next, it's Skip taking on Savio Vega. Fucking yeah. Now, before the match starts, we see Diesel having a little chat very calmly to Shawn Michaels backstage. So it's kind of asking some questions about like, oh, is he... So he's a baddie, but he's chatting to Sean. Is yeah. Sean a baddie too? Um, we get another hype for the MSG show that is immediately followed by a show in Scranton. I talked about this last week. <laughs> this is where we're at as a company. Uh, the match we're about to see is Milton Bradley Karate Fighters sponsored. So yes. the sponsorship continues, which makes me think we should re- look into, now we're back together, we should look into getting some Milton Bradley Karate Fighters for the In Your House Watch Along. I, I've, I, <laughs> I do have some that I'm watching on eBay. Have you? Yeah. Cool. Let me know. Let me know how much we'll that halves. We'll go halves on yeah. it. That's cool. Um, before the match starts, Barry Dadinsky. He's flanked by two blonde models who look like they want to be anywhere but next to Barry Dadinsky. Yeah. Um, 
They're modeling the Undertaker's denim jacket. It has Undertaker on the left and the WWF logo on the right. It is very cool. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I've got... kind of want one. I'd never fucking wear it, like, but I kind of <laughs> want one. But you just like coats and jackets and that sort of thing, so it's it's in your ballpark. I, I did get a new jacket in the post yesterday. <laughs> How many do you have now? Well, it's it's a mixture of light and heavy jackets, so, mm. you know. Yeah, that's, that's a few. Ike Man Jackins. <laughs> Yeah. He loves his jackets, yeah, he doesn't does, he? Yeah. Ike Manjira. Yeah, we've got the same hair. We've got exactly the same hair. And sometimes you team with Kushida. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, Savio <laughs> and Skip eventually gets underway. Uh, I see a Body Donners fan club sign in the crowd. Yeah. Nice to see. Yeah. Um, decent enough back and forth for what it was. Yeah. Just fine. Did all right. Uh, there was no ending because as they are getting into the swing of things, Big Daddy Cool Diesel walks out. And just <laughs> no, no, no more Gives glove rubbing. No more glove rubbing oh. for our boy. Um, he's uh, Skip gets dumped at ringside, and Diesel just pie faces him to the floor. Yeah, and that's where they just kind of go. I think this match is finished now. Yeah. So shame for Savio and Skip, but again, they are they are trying to they're keeping up with the Joneses. Yes, and they're doing what WCW does. That sort of feeling of anything can happen at any time. Yeah. So Diesel walking out during this is. Uh, is a cool little bit, I thought. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the match just stops. Diesel grabs the microphone, says he doesn't need to apologize for last night. He says for the first time in a year, he slept like a baby last night, had a smile on his face for the first time in a year this morning. He says he saw himself and he saw himself and not a corporate puppet that Vince McMahon created, saying that Vince McMahon missed the ball. And here is, I've, I've written verbatim what he says here. He says, um, he says, I won the WWF Championship a year ago. 24 hours later, I'm up in the Titan Towers with the suits and the merchandising team being told, I need to smile more. I need to be politically correct and a little more corporate. What you saw last night was the tip of the iceberg. Big Daddy Cool is back. That same guy you saw in Providence at the Rumble a few years ago. The only thing that matters to me right now is my family, my friends. That includes you, Shawn Michaels. And I'm not saying I'm not going to smack hands, but it better have a black glove on as you've got to be with me. Whether you love me or hate me, that's the way it's going to be. I'm back. This was great. Where was this diesel? I've got written here. <laughs> this wasn't Diesel. This was Kevin fucking Nash. Yes! Imagine having the belt on this guy. Yeah. And the, the, it's amazing. And then as he walks off, he follows through. People are sticking out. Oh, he doesn't follow through. No, he doesn't shit himself. <laughs> he shits his pants. Oh. <laughs> he follows through on his promise. <laughs> His hand's reaching out for him and he's like pushing them out of the way and seeing the ones wearing the diesel gloves and he's only high-fiving them and he's like pushing people out of the way. He's like, no, you, you support me. Fucking get in. That's a great way to sell some diesel gloves. Oh, yeah. It's a brilliant way to sell some diesel gloves. Better than Barry Dodinsky. <laughs> yeah. He, he, I think, I reckon he sold more diesel gloves that night than under than Dodinsky wearing an Undertaker oh, jacket. too, right? Um, yeah, this was, I thought this was great and obviously you say this was... No, oh, this is Kevin this Nash. Was, this was real. This, this is Kevin Nash. So, right, going back to the observer, like you were saying yeah. about the bit about the click. Let's oh, see, yes. let's so, see if let's see if I've trimmed the same bit or if you've got a bit more of the fat. Okay. So, obviously, with the title change of Survivor Series, it means the click aren't at the very top of the tree. Although Dave has wondered, oh, only time will tell if this is temporary or not. This has also left the question: Is Diesel is he a heel or not? Because apparently, he appeared to have been booed by sixty-five to seventy percent of the fans after the match. Uh, against Bret Hart because he just went fucking mad. 
The new character and new attitude of the promotion was set up by Diesel mouthing motherfucker when he lost the title. So it appears that WWF believed the ECW approach, or at least a toned down version, is now the most marketable approach in the country. Uh... According to Dave, Diesel will still apparently also wrestle other baby faces. And, you know, it goes over this this amazing promo. And what's he put here? Faced with the conclusion based on all available figures that the direction WWF were going had run its course, and with the increasing popularity of UFC pay-per-view events that have surpassed WWF events, uh, that WWF think it's time to take the big step and go in a rougher and more violent direction. So that's Dave Meltzer predicting the fucking hottest period in wrestling. And he's not wrong. He's not wrong. He is not wrong because Nitro's leaning towards that. Yeah. It's not quite there yet. Yeah. But I think after a year of very homogenized attempts at revitalizing Hulkamania on both sides, yes. they've had to go, right, we've got we've to shake this up now. But it's like you were saying that Survivor Series felt like the end of the new generation period. Mm. And what we were saying when Goldust debuted that for me that's the start of the build towards the Attitude Era so you've got Nash last night saying motherfucker and his promo then you've got a couple of big stars who are going to debut in the next couple of months you've had a table bump you have what happens at the end of Raw Mm. we are we are hightailing it out of new gen at this point we really really are Um, really excited to see what they do as well yeah it's so good. It's so good. But yeah, there are there have been some changes like to the uh, the top of the tree. The yeah. click the click still trying to sink their their fingers in though. Yeah. Um, should, we what, dig, what? should we dig into that a little later? Uh, no, I do. What, what have you got? Um, from the report that we received in the Observer, the click met with Vince McMahon on the road a few times. Oh, no, I didn't see this bit. No. One of the conversations regarded going through the roster person by person and evaluating whether they belonged or should be moved up or down. At the meeting, the guys the click wanted to see given bigger pushes, Skip was noted to be one of them, um, oh. uh, and there were people who they wanted to see useless, or useless shouldn't be around, including people like Bob Backland. Now, this conversation happened, and in the weeks to come, we will see Skip, who they want to see get pushed, get moved down and jobbed out. Yeah. And Backland, who they wanted to see gone, get a mini push. Do you think... Weirdness. Do you think a certain rabble of domino playing WI members <laughs> heard of this? <laughs> and seeing as, you know, the clique, they, they can politic and, you know, they're, they're gruff and tough men. But the Bone Street crew, despite being lame... There's some fucking bruises in there. Yeah, they want to keep. I mean, a few. They want to keep in their good books. Mm. I think. Um, but saying that, one of the Bone Street crew uh, wasn't given much favor by the Click. Some other names that uh, were shot down by the Click in this meeting with Vince was Karma, yeah. Bam Bam Bigelow, and Bob Holly. See, I knew that Bam Bam had had some run-ins with the Click because obviously mm. he's all but gone at this point, and he'll be moving on shortly. I don't know how I missed this. I, I did go back and forth through. I could that could potentially be from the next. Was it next week or the week before? Maybe. Possibly. Yeah, okay. Either way. Either way. Either we can, way we can, we'll, we'll touch more on it in weeks to come well, because it's the, the power of the click. What gives the fucking click the right to do this? <laughs> to actually... Strength to, to, in numbers. But just to go up and say, right, 
these are good, these are shite, these are good, these are shite. It's like, Jesus Christ. It's not like... I mean, I mean, let's... Come on. We've, we, I mean, we've all had jobs where... Like, like I've had radio gigs where I've been out for drinks with, with management members and stuff. And after a couple of drinks, you are going, they're a bit of shit, aren't they? <laughs> you just... You just do. But the difference is we haven't got Dave Meltzer, like, floating around well, the bars that we go to. There's a difference between going for a pint with members of management and kind of saying someone's shit to go into your boss and say, right, let's sit down. Let's get a list of everyone. And here's who we think should be fucked off. But what's to say that this hasn't been interpreted that way? What if it was just like Kev and Sean and, and Scott and that having a chat with Vince, maybe at the gym or whatever, over a protein shake, I don't know, and just going, hey, man, fucking Bigelow shit. And he is, and they are. They're all right. And then somebody went, I can't believe they went for a drink with yeah. Vince and they yeah. said that these people were all shit. The, the, Maybe. The, the stone's on the click as well, because we know that they can't fight. Mm. And two people that are deciding to get on the bad books are, are you know, human mound of meat, Bam Bam Bigelow, <laughs> and Bob Backlund, who would fucking eat them all. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but they, I think the click know that with their powers combined, like yeah. if they all just went, see you later. Because we know that, you know, it goes without saying that WCW has already by this point, even if it's not been reported, WCW have just gone, hey, lads, uh, What's, uh, what sort of money you on there? Yeah. You know that like the feelers have been put out in some way, shape, or form to go, hey, what, you, what, are, you, what are they paying you? It's, uh, it's top business. Do you want a favoured nations contract? Kat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> favoured nations of dominations. <laughs> um, so I would, yeah, so they, they've got enough bargaining chips. So like if, if people do get annoyed with them, they'll just go, all right, these five pillars of the WWF, yeah. we're all going to go. Yeah. See you later. But it's, it's, it is weird that it's, it's kind of, you hear the click and you hear the Bone Street crew. But nothing's ever said of the hearts because obviously they must have some influence if you've got Brett Anno and Anne Davy Boy at the very least. I think least. they're too busy bickering amongst each other, to be honest, True. to really get their shit together. Because all the stories that you hear of the hearts are like them trying to control Bruce. <laughs> Of like, like, like he's a feral cat. You know, everyone knows I'm the real star of the Hart family. <laughs> Me, Bruce Hart. That could have been any of them <laughs> saying that. Me, Ross Hart. Me, Stu Hart. Smith Hart. <laughs> Me, Martha. <laughs> but that's yeah. I think they're too. They're busy trying to get their own fucking house in order. Yeah, and they all want to be top. So like, there isn't that. That solidarity, I, I might be wrong. If the Hart family are listening, I might be wrong, but I don't get that vibe of solidarity from the Hearts that I do from the Click and the the WI that is the Bone Street, the yeah. Bone Saw, Bone Saws ready, the Bone Street crew. <laughs> bone Saws ready. <laughs> um, yeah, considering what a uh, bulldog was drinking a, a pint of Hop Goblin on at, at the Syracuse <laughs> incident, like so. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How can how can you, uh, he's he's out drinking with the click? Yeah. So they're very splintered. They mm. can't get their shit together, I don't think. Yeah, that makes sense, actually. After a commercial for the Encore Survivor Series, we get announced that next week, Karma is facing The Undertaker for the remains of the urn. And we're, this is a story from, like, SummerSlam yeah. that we've just decided we'd better tie a bow in this and get it done. Uh, and it was the coolest story. Like, I, again, I was a lapsed fan at this point, but I distinctly remember Sky One one day showing a bit of the wrestling and they showed a bit which had Karma stealing the urn and then melting it into chains. Yeah. And I thought, that's cool. I like that. They stole the urn and smelted it. Well, uh, fans of Cultaholic's top 10 lists on YouTube, um, I did a list recently 
And even though I wrote it and I pitched it, I can't remember what the actual <laughs> subject of it was. It was either 10 underrated gimmicks. No, it was 10. Let's see if I can find it on our channel. 10 gimmicks from the past that could work today. Mm. And this, I, the reason I pitched this is because I wanted to put at number one was Karma, the Supreme Fighting Machine. Because I thought it was very ahead of its time. You've just got this fellow who turns up. He's like, I'm a trained fighter. I'm going to batter people. UFC is the most controversial thing going. And even in the kid-friendly neon-soaked WWF, we've got someone who is an ultimate fighter. And Ten most legit tough guys? No, that wasn't me. It, it was actually on it was actually one of the vids. Oh, no? Was oh, that the vids? Okay. Legit... Legit tough guys. That Ten wasn't... most legit tough guys ever. No, that wasn't me. Because that did one point two million. You'd be happy with that. Oh, that's you? an old. That's an old one. Yeah, mm. yeah. Because I didn't write that because I just would have had uh, Dan Severin ten times. <laughs> the man's the man's violent. Uh, Ten most intense wrestlers. That was an old one of mine. Ten wackiest WCW gimmicks. Ten most violent wrestlers ever. That, that, that was an old one of mine as well. Ooh. Ten worst wrestler attires. No, it's not that one. No, 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 no. Wrong person won. <laughs> 10 W stars you should have been bigger? No. No. Best I, thing I, I, can't, I can't remember when it was. I think it was, I think it was old gimmicks that could be redone today. Like make make a difference oh. fat who was on there because it was just like it's a you know a hard line to toe, but basically I just sat there and thought, I want to write about karma. It gives you an excuse to write about karma. Yeah. That's... Ten current wrestlers who could pull off classic gimmicks. That one? Oh, that was... ten strangest WWE gimmicks. No, it's not that one. No. Nope. Gimmicks inspired by movies. What was the ten, ten strangest one then? Um, 10 greatest wrestling gimmicks. Oh, no, oh, let's scroll on. What's that one? 10 strangest WWE gimmicks of the 90s. That was seven months ago. Okay. So I, didn't that I didn't realize that was already a video because I'm currently writing that. So, Oh, <laughs> well, there good. you go. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> right. Good to, good, good to know. That worked yeah. out quite well. Yeah. Okay. That, that's actually helped me out a lot. So that means I've got a fast 10 failed wrestling gimmicks that would work today. Yes. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. And the, 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 if you want to look for it online, the thumbnail is, uh, is Mordecai and Sean O'Hare. Yeah. Oh, I love Sean the Sean O'Hare gimmick. great one. Well, I'm not telling you anything you don't already already know. Uh, Fuck yeah. And again, and you know, and it's proof that WWE have been consistently the way they are forever. Yeah. So super cool gimmick. Yeah. Hey, I'm just the little conscience in the back of your head. I ain't saying anything you don't already know. This is great, pal. Put it with Piper. <laughs> <laughs> Who's having the match at the pay for you? Piper. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that, friend. Um, so, so yeah, so Karma's coming back. <laughs> Karma's coming back, but it looks as if he's on the way. Yeah. This 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 might be the last time we see Karma for a little while. He will be back as Karma in in a, a well. He, he'll gain a surname, won't he? He will indeed. Mm. Jones. Karma uh, Jones. Uh, I'm Karma Jones. I'd like to join the WI. <laughs> well, well, Karma. Um, Hello. We're, we're not currently accepting new members because. Oh, but there was a bit on the on the Facebook that said that you were. Oh well, your Facebook page says you were. Well, well make sure Big Mark's just gone out for a leak. Okay. You can come in, but you can't say anything because his brother okay. Glenn wants to come in, and we say, "Oh, no, and we no. keep saying, what's he doing here? Oh shit! <laughs> oh, he's he's just, oh he's just dropping off. He's the, not a member. He's dropping off the Chaddy Bakewells oh. for having later. Well, okay, well he's, he's not allowed to stick around. He's not a member. <laughs> I don't know why he's under like as a brother. Don't worry, Lenny Henry. We'll live. <laughs> we'll, he's he's on his way. We'll just have to give him the two pounds twenty-five. Can I can I be excused from next week's meeting because I've got the dentist? Uh, of course you can. Thank you, you. If you'd like, you can send someone in your place because we'll need. I'll the send Glenn. <laughs> You'll send Glenn. <laughs> 
because as the sign on the wall says, everybody, everybody wants, wants to, to be, be a, a cat. cat. <laughs> <laughs> For those who are listen and don't watch, we did this in the last one. The trick is to try and get to say something at the same time. Yeah. But by predicting what the other person says. Because <laughs> as the sign says on the door, here, here comes, comes more of your, your quite illegitimate troublemaking, you, you prick. prick. <laughs> Flawless. <laughs> uh, okay, let's let's talk a bit more wrestling. Sadly, well, well, I was going to say talking of pricks. Uh, brother loves back. <laughs> brother loves that back next week. Isn't yeah, he? brother loves. So Brucey P's been backstage a little bit. So yeah, bring him out on telly to interview Brett the Hitman Hart. I've always hated the brother love gimmick. Have you really? As a kid, it had go away heat with me. If there was, oh. well, you know, when you're like four or five and you got a video and you're just like, yeah, you want to see fighting? It's like, why is this sweaty red man shouting for fifteen fucking minutes? They're long segments aren't yeah. they the brother love ones so yeah he's always had the go away heat for me but for that for I think at this point they're just looking for stars from the glory days just to come back in and strengthen the numbers a little even though they're new generation Mr. Perfect is Mr. Perfect yeah but is anyone tuning in for brother love no but, no. He's, a, but he's a name from the day yeah I suppose that's that, and, and, he's, and he's backstage anyway yeah you know like when he turned up during that money in the bank at Titan Towers do you remember that one from 2020? Oh, God, yeah. And they had, like, John Laurinaitis go, people power. Yeah, the mad one where you found out that Vince has got a big T-Rex on the wall. <laughs> That's the one. And, yeah. Bruce, and, like, Bruce Pritchard was there. It was just because who was knocking around the office that day. Yeah. There you go. We'll do Brother Love. Yeah. Just because. <laughs> just, for, just for the kids. Main event o'clock. It is Owen Hart versus Shawn Michaels. We've been talking about this all night. Uh, an easy win, surely. A hot match between these two. They oh just God, work yeah. flawlessly together. And this is where WWF wins, where they just let people wrestle. Yeah, and they're because you know they're, they're great. During the match, Jerry Lawler talks about Tony Randall. Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell! Marrying a twenty-five-year-old woman. So seventy-five-year-old Tony Randall. That's the one. Yeah. Yes, 20, marrying marrying twenty-five-year-old Heather Harlan. Yeah. An intern at one of the theatrical programs that he worked on. Uh they they got married uh on they got married on November the seventeenth, just a couple of days before this rule. Uh, and they lived in a Manhattan apartment, bought a vacation home in Florida in two thousand and three. They had two children, Julia and Jefferson, and remained married until Randall passed in May two thousand and four. So it was a very uh very happy marriage. Uh, the the weird bit, I mean the thought of 75-year-old Tony Randall still having, you know, alive and kicking sperm is fantastic. <laughs> but it was just Jerry Lawler saying, oh, he's my hero. Oh, you know, Tony Randall, old Tony Randall of a young bird. Oh, he's my hero. I was like, fuck oh, off, Jerry. Oh, uh, 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 funny enough, <laughs> um, 2000, on the classic Smackdown review, we're into 2001. Uh, we're about to watch Jerry Lawler versus Stephen Richards. Uh, in the match that will lead to Lawler leaving the WWF because the cat would be fired. Oh, shit. Is his other half the cat? Is is this the match where Jerry Lawler's not wearing a cup and let's just say he's not he's not Davey Richards? Mm. <laughs> More on that. No way out in a couple mm. of weeks' time. There really is no way out. Uh, the match goes on. Michaels counters a superplex with a crossbody for a near fall. We see Laurel and McMahon praising Sean's resiliency. Yeah. Uh, this is they're very heavy on like how, what a guy, what an unstoppable force Sean Michaels is. He's great. He goes to switch in music, pulls Owen back into the center of the ring before he does it, and Owen hits an inziguria. Michaels is out. And this is a very key moment in the, the rise of Sean Michaels. Oh, God, yeah. This inziguri. 
uh, because uh, Owen goes to put the sharpshooter on. Michaels gets an eye poke, gets tries to get back into it. Clotheslines Owen out of the ring, skins the cat as he does so, poses, gets the crowd G'd up, and then just hits the deck. Just absolutely stacks it in the middle of the ring. The crowd, the crowd are cheering like crazy, and then they go quiet. And then the crowd just, just, just uh, relatively silent. The commentators stop. Earl Hebner kicks Michael's leg. He's <laughs> fucking terrible Which referee, is, isn't he? He's just that he is a shit ref. <laughs> just kicks his leg. Really odd. Um, Owen is outside the ring getting fanned by Jim Cornette with his tennis racket. Yeah. Uh, and then gets into the ring and looks concerned. Did you hear a whistle blow? I heard, yeah, I heard like a weird whistle go just before Vince... Mm. Uh, got on commentary I also heard during this match someone pulled out a trombone in the audience yes and a flute did you hear the flute at the beginning? I, it sounded like I didn't hear the flute I heard the trombone and the trombone kept going up, especially during this bit where it goes all solemn and just someone just keeps going <laughs> yeah there's a trombone <laughs> in the crowd <laughs> a whistle a flute and a trombone yeah um, commentators go silent we come back from break and they are, the medics are in the ring. They're giving Shawn Michaels oxygen. Vince McMahon is in the ring as well. And I put, somebody has a trombone in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> they replay his fall. It all feels very, very real. Yeah. Um, but I think by virtue of them replaying the fall, they're like, this is probably a story. Um, they're cutting Sean out of his wrist tape and his gloves. Vince and Lawler are now both off commentary and they're walking around looking very concerned. We come back from the break and we hear, Sean, it's Pat. Sean, it's Pat Patterson. Can you hear me? I'm like, yeah. oh, Pat's there. Sean is starting to respond. Uh, we cut to some fans looking very upset as they help Sean from the ring, or try to help Sean from the ring. And we're going off air with Sean still receiving oxygen, medical personnel, Vince McMahon, Gorilla Monsoon, Pat Patterson, Wurzel, and JJ Dillon. <laughs> all look, yeah, Wurzel's sighting here. <laughs> all looking on with concern. Um, what did you make of this? Ooh, well, really, it, it was very different. I just put they wouldn't fucking dare do this today. Oh, no. They would not dare do this today. No. Um, it was a really good match. There were some weird bits with it, though. Like, did you notice um, before the Enziguri spot by Owen, which looked and sounded like he properly clattered Sean. Did you notice that Owen took the Brett turnbuckle bump and the turnbuckle pad itself flew off? Oh, I didn't see that. So knowing what was coming, I was thinking, all oh, right, okay, so I take it Sean's going to smack his head into the exposed yeah. turnbuckle. And then, but no, I think that was an accident. So everything, mm. I don't know. Again, or is it a red herring? Yeah. It could have been a red herring or it could have, you know, added into the, oh, shit, this, this is a bit dangerous kind of thing of it. But, Good match. Really strange ending. Seven seven minutes, I think it was. Basically, yeah, the last seven minutes of Raw were people like buzzing around Shawn Michaels trying to bring him around. Um, this is something they've teased at house shows, apparently. I yeah. read on to read that they've while Sean has been competing at live events, like he's been spotted like looking woozy during the matches. And like and I think if you watch this one closely, there's probably a few points where you can probably think, actually, yeah, he's he's showing some yeah, some signs here. Cause he's they're still doing the thing where he's recovering from Syracuse and continuing yeah. to wrestle through it. And then then he just hits the deck. What did well I was gonna say there's a ton of notes on this from the observer, but yeah. before I wade through that, what did, what were your thoughts on the ending of this? I thought it was like as you say, you could not do it now. No. Like, the the world is so different now. But I thought it was jarring enough and it stood out. And 
I thought it was for what it was like well put together. Yeah. Like people who would have been watching it would have, I, I would have been glued to the television going, is Sean all right? Then the, you know, you don't, there's no way of knowing whether this is a story or not. I guess like, you know, you've got your sensible head on, you go, well, if it's, if it's not a story, like if this is part of a storyline, they wouldn't show a replay. Yeah. So relief from that. They probably wouldn't keep the camera on him. They'd do anything else. They did cut to commentary saying, oh, well, yeah. we'll keep you updated. Because we've been unfortunate enough to see this happen like in real time and how they really would deal with an incident in the ring. And, uh, and it wouldn't be like this with the camera zoomed in very closely. But knowing where we're going, I think if, any, there, was, if there was any doubt about... W about about wanting to get over like, the heart and the passion of Shawn Michaels. This whole oh, thing God, will yeah. get everybody on side. I, I kind of thought should Diesel have come out? Well, he'd he'd fucked off, hadn't he? He did. You're right. Yeah. As soon as he did the promo, he went, didn't he? That's yeah. probably why. Because he went back backstage where yes. Shawn Michaels was waiting, just kind of patted him on the back and buggered off. So yeah, that was right. That was right. But yeah, um, for what it was, as, as dark as it was, I was I thought it was well put together. Well executed. So Ravy Dave and the Observer. Um, I mean, strap in, folks. This is a chunk of text, <laughs> but everything he writes is like it gives a lot of background to this. So he called it WWS most daring and in some eyes most galling angle in years. Um, you know, playing on Syracuse. The angle was convincing enough that from their reports, the majority who attended the show live believed it wasn't an angle. Initially those, believe, uh, initially, those live believed it was an angle, but as it got played up stronger and carried on and carried on, most seemed to believe it was real. Most phone calls to Melter from people who viewed it on television knew it was an angle, but many didn't. And like you said, the, the giveaway was that they, you know, they put it on instant replay and it happened to come at the same time as Hogan versus Sting on Nitro. Most figured WWF were going to pull off something major to steal the spotlight. And most believe the majority of people watching on television would initially buy it. Um, apparently, though, the timing was seen as quite bad because the angle took place just a few hours after gold medal skater Sergei Grinkov dropped dead of an apparent heart attack out of nowhere oh, geez. during practice in Lake Placid, New York. And this was the same day, and I looked it up. He was 28 and had oh, a massive heart attack. God. So I didn't know that had happened at the same time. Yeah, this was the lead story in the news as this angle was taking place. Oh, oh Christ. Meltzer was told the angle was planned well in advance, and with everyone so busy at TV all day, there is a chance that those in charge may not have even known that, you know, Grinkov had had a heart attack and died. Um, or that it would be the worst taste possible to do an angle that would appear to many to be playing off it. And as we know about the WWF, mm. like Eric Bischoff would say, controversy creates cash. We've seen it in not a different setting, but the weeks before with the is OJ Simpson guilty kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. People who called, uh, sorry, um, some think the angle was positively brilliant. Some thought it was a little bit of both, you know, sensationalist and bad taste and brilliant. People who called the WWF offices the next day were assured that what they saw on television was totally real and was not part of the script. Oh dear. And that Michaels was under doctor's orders, uh, doctor's care for post-concussion syndrome. Um. Yeah. What I mean, you do, a, a, do you let them in on the thing? Well, it's it's mad because like looking at it, like uh, Melter says, they they reckon the 
the injuries from Syracuse were worse than they initially feared, but thought, fuck it, we can, we can play this up. And again, uh, Ravy Dave saying he guesses that they'd keep HBK out of the ring until the Royal Rumble, which they will. This yeah. is the last time we'll see Sean in action until the Rumble. Um, when he's put... Originally, when this angle was first thought of, the idea was to involve someone like Jeff Jarrett, who wasn't at the show, have him attack Michaels. So it put the heat on someone. Um, the feeling this would make it too obvious that it was just another wrestling angle. So they did want this to feel real. As far as taste goes, if WWF knew about Grinkov's heart attack and still did it, they are really sick. But yes. this is a sick business and it wouldn't shock, you know, Melter either way. But what he's saying is, like, how many angles have been done in wrestling where the babyface is left for dead or blinded for life, etc.? But any defense for the angle being no different to what you see on any other television soap opera or drama or whatever, it was taken away by WWF itself by saying on the phone, no, Shawn Michaels is ill. He's fucked. So it's... It's... Whether just, it's bad timing, whether it's them being fucking mean, whether it's... Here's the, here's the thing is that I can... I can both see them either being so busy at television and this being a very different world where you don't have access to like the internet all the time. You don't have access to news 24 yeah. seven. I could see it being a case of, Oh, this was just missed off when everybody was just head down cracking on with work. I could see this of them going, hearing about it and going, we're going to do it. Any- we're going to do it anyway. Yeah. Um, I can, I can hear, I can hear it. I, I, I can hear it being both Yeah. with them. I really can. Like they've they've done stuff that is really grim in the past at awful times. Yeah, because I, I could see them doing it knowing. I don't know what the landscape of broadcast news was in America at this time. I know CNN were the first to do twenty four hour rolling news, and obviously Vince isn't going to watch fucking Turner. No, so <laughs> if there were other rolling news channels at the time, any of our American friends who you know were keen on public affairs in nineteen ninety five can tell us. But like you said, that it wasn't the same culture. There wasn't phones. It was internet access on cell phones and Twitter. And I can imagine the nature of WWF people not know because, like, you listen to like something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard, and, and yeah. he will even in this day and age of, of fast moving news and, and access to everything like he'll have his head up his ass with with wrestling and won't know about other stuff happening in the greater world sometimes yeah so i can i can that could have been the case yeah but i didn't know that though until you said it yeah that that's, that's it does change my my vibe a little bit on the angle yeah but, but viewed in isolation viewed in isolation what were your thoughts on raw this week um, wasn't really much of. I mean, his, it was it was a couple of really good wrestling matches that didn't really have finishes. Yeah, <laughs> like three match card and two matches of no contest. Th- yeah, it's it sets the pace for the the times to come. Yeah, and it is us heading away from the new generation era. Uh, I think Diesel's promo was absolutely a highlight. Yeah, Shawn Michael the Shawn Michaels thing was certainly eye catching. Yeah. And again, like when you're up against a live Nitro, the idea of going quick put Raw on Shawn Michaels has collapsed. Yeah. Genius. <laughs> and as well, it's, I've put here that um, you can see they're getting more of an edge. Mm. Every single segment had an edge to it. And they all had purpose and built storylines and did it well. And that's without um, 
Bret Hart or Undertaker? Yes. So for episode one, they're like, here's the first half of our main eventers. The second episode next week will be like, here's the second half of our main eventers. So if they play the cards right, they may be able to stretch this out better than some of us, you know, episodes we watch where it's just like, here's Avatar against fucking Manta or whatever. <laughs> so yeah, they have their working smart with mm. these taping. So yeah, I mean, I'm very intrigued to see what comes ahead. I know there's still a little bit of new generation bollocks to come. We haven't had oh, Santa Claus yet. It, More yeah. on that soon, you suckers! Well, when I was writing the 10 weirdest gimmicks of the 90s without realizing that we'd already <laughs> done it before, I'd just written up all of my Santa Claus. Yeah. Any other stuff you're working on that you want to plug? I don't fucking know now. I've <laughs> <laughs> I ju I, I just done the weirdest stars of the 80s, but I'm going to have to go and check to make sure we haven't done this before. I can check for you now. If you want. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and uh, if we haven't done it, the weirdest gimmicks of the 2000s and maybe the 2010s. But again, we'll have to... I, I don't think we've got one of the 80s. No. Yeah, because it was, it was harder than the WWF ones of the 80s because what is weird at the time spoiler alert like number 10's junkyard dog mm. which isn't that weird of a gimmick but it wasn't until the 90s that the WF went berserk and when you think of junkyard dog even though it was a mid-south gimmick and it was massive mm -hmm. but to a WWF hardcore audience in 1984 when you got this man running around on all fours headbutting people and pretending to be a dog when the year before you had Bob Backlund tying people up in knots yes it must have been like the switch from NXT to NXT 2.0 that's a really good shout. That's a really good shout, and that's probably what it was. Yeah, so I've, so I've basically put that in there saying, yeah, Junkyard Dogs is a legend. It's not a weird gimmick, but considering the kind of stony-faced early 80s of WWF. He, he stuck out on that one. Yeah. So possibly a, li a list like that coming soon. <laughs> possibly. It doesn't look like it's been done before, right. so you might get away with it. Deep dive this afternoon. Fingers crossed that should be a thing that happens. Um, uh, brand new episode of Desert Island Graps. By now, you will have hopefully heard Al Snow, yeah, who was on last week. Always nice to chat to Al Snow. Well, uh, did we talk about Avatar? We'll find out. Again, not recorded it. It's time of recording. We'll see how we go. <laughs> uh, brand new Nitro review, brand new SmackDown review, all that good stuff heading into the week ahead. And until we are next together, he is at Brat Atkins on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we are at Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. And as it says on the sign, here, Here comes, comes Mr. Mr. Rogers, Rogers with his, his fine selection of rattlesnakes, cakes, bakes, and drakes. They, they are, are ducks, ducks, you prick. prick. <laughs> Love you, bye. <laughs>
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 